What's, What's up, up, world? You, you are, are now listening, listening to the Power Post Game Report, where we here to discuss everything power. We are now season three, episode two of Book Two, Ghost. I, of course, want to have your co-host, Triple D, and with me as always is Carlos D. How you doing, sir? I'm well, my man. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Doing well. Want to thank everybody that tuned in. To the, the season premiere last week, and uh, make it through that whole what was it, hour and a half, yeah, something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. Decent, decent amount of plays on there. So, we appreciate you guys for coming back and checking us out. Yeah, uh, always be sure to share and comment and let us know what you guys think. Most definitely, yeah, thanks. Because a couple of people did share that they had never shared before. Shout out to them boys, Craig, they shared it on IG. So, I appreciate them. Um, and we know it's always tough coming back from a long extended break like we did to keep people engaged. So the people who have been rocking with us, you know, we don't really count the plays or count how many people do it. But we definitely appreciate y'all. Uh, anybody that takes time out there, no doubt busy lives just to listen to us talk about a TV show for about an hour, hour and a half every week. Uh, definitely appreciate the love. So thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. And we're going to keep it going. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, I, can't I can't promise... promise. That, that this episode will be as long. All I can promise is uh, when, when we, we done, done, we done. done. All, All right, right. So, so this week we're in episode two, Need versus Greed. Uh, initial thoughts um, that I guess carried over from the last episode, like as far as expectations went for this one? Um, I mean, not really carry over, but this episode I think was a much better episode in that it wasn't as much introduction to like new characters and it was really kind of building towards some exciting things that happened throughout the course of it. Um, so I enjoyed it a lot more than I enjoyed the original one. Uh, so, um, you know, I thought it was a solid episode. I liked it. I think it built some nice things to play out through some, the seasons. We got some sweet surprises. We got some um, new developments amongst the characters and their dynamics with each other. So I enjoyed this episode um, a lot. Um, and just real quick, people don't know this, but we actually... This is our first time we ever actually got to watch any episode together as we were in the same room. And it was just a very different dynamic than us, what we <laughs> normally do, watching alone, uh, you know, in our own time to, to actually be in the same room and, and see each other's way of watching it. The reactions live to, um, and we didn't talk about anything in the moment, but we could, you know, as human beings, we couldn't help but have certain reactions when certain things happen. So it was, right. a, it was a much different dynamic than we normally do it where we almost... Um, are never in the same room when we actually see the episode. So that was a cool, different vibe. Right. What about yourself? Um, Any initial thoughts? Well, to piggyback off what you just said, said yes. Um, I, I think, think the hardest part was not reacting, reacting out loud. We had a couple of little things that we would say, but like our notes, we kept to ourselves. Um, but I think that was the hard part. Uh, but as far as the episode went, the way the last episode ended, and, and then, then the way, way this, this one picked up, I was like, okay. So all my expectations are now out the window. Now it's just like, let's just see what happens. Um, I still kind of wish that the reveal, spoiler alert, Lauren is alive. If you haven't watched the first episode, I don't know why you're listening to this. But um, I still wish they would have held that another couple of episodes. But um, who knows? I, hopefully the payoff will make me regret feeling that way. Uh, 
with that, that being, being said, said you, ready you ready to dive, dive in? in? Oh yeah, let's get it. All right. So, so as, as we, we just stated, Lauren is, is alive. And initially, our our, our thought process was that, well, well Effie's an informant, and she helped Lauren escape. We immediately would find that this is not the case. Effie, a thousand percent, tried to kill Lauren. And through writer's luck, some random white guy and his dog happened to come by and call the police, and that's what saves Lauren. Um, she is immediately taken into witness protection, and I... I th- again, I really kind of felt like it would have been more impactful if they'd have held off on this reveal just a little bit longer. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, one of the things I did find interesting about this, when Lauren is talking to Jenny Sullivan, that's who, that's who she is, about just wanting to make communication or make contact with anyone. Um, and Sullivan is pretty much just like, I need more info. It's that Lauren essentially, not essentially, she almost immediately like throws Braden in, into the fire, which while he was tasked with killing her, he tried to let her go. Um, but I guess after a, a failed murder attempt, I, I would probably be on the side of, uh, yeah, everybody got to go down. Granted, she's still trying to save Tariq. But, but yeah, yeah. If, if I, I wake, wake up, up out of a coma and find out somebody, somebody tried to drown me, everybody got to go down. How did you feel about that, that revelation? Um, yeah, I, I thought it was poor planning on the parts of the writers. Because I think that was one of the things that was buzzing on the internet or amongst people was the fact that Effie could have possibly been the, uh, the CI. And mm-hmm. for them to like reveal that she isn't that quickly... I think they could have like dragged it out at least through the rest of this episode or maybe a couple episodes just so people are still thinking about Effie possibly being like the snitch. Uh, so I think they gave away that a little bit too soon. Um, as far as the rest of it, I mean, Lauren is a civilian who was almost murdered, so I'm not surprised she would tell you anybody did something to her. Because uh, at this point, the, th- the only person that she thinks that isn't involved, which he rightfully wasn't, was Tariq. Uh, she she gave her Effie. She gave her Brayden. Um... And she thinks that Tariq is just like kind of like an innocent victim and all this. And she gave she did what she was supposed to do. Like anybody who is not a part of this life should do is tell the police how you were wrong and who did it. Um, I totally forgot that, that from her perspective, perspective Tariq is not involved. involved. I, I completely, completely forgot about that. that. Yeah. But, but I didn't even cut you off. Oh, yeah, no, that was it. Okay. I, I think she did the right thing. So, um, yeah. I just wish they would have did a little bit more with the Effie. Possibly being the CI thing instead of giving yeah. us away the reveal so quickly. I'm right. right. That's, that's that's my, my biggest gripe so far. All right. So, so from, from there, there we get the the plan to move the weight, and it's pretty much a multi like just cast a wide net. Um, Stansfield is off limits uh, because things are too hot there. Um, Effie and Tariq are gonna push at other Ivy League schools. Uh, Brayden, I think, he does, well, go ahead. The country clubs, he had the country clubs. Right, the country clubs, but he wants to push at the firm, but Tariq is just like, and this was another one of those moments, so I'm glad they acknowledged it. Um, Tariq, again, echoing 
all of our concerns with braiding white privileges. And um, just being like, look, I don't, I don't have the leash that you have. Like, I, I got a noose, and they're waiting to pull it on me. Um, but he's also being smart. Was like, look, I understand what you're saying about your firm, but like, I'm also trying to keep you clean, at least optics wise. Um, but I think. The, the my, my issue, issue with this particular, particular scene was Effie has kind of an attitude with Tariq about having to do this, but at the same time, he was trying to keep her out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like she was really like kind of coming at him, like like he wasn't taking this seriously, um, based off of Braden's joking around, but also the involvement, and it's like. Again, he 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 tried to keep you distant from this because like this connect is dangerous, um, and now she wants to think about her student loans and and her grades and all that stuff. It's like, yo, you had a chance to kind of be apart from that, and you kind of you kind of forced yourself in. How did you feel about that? I think it's just the pressure of it all. Uh, I've got to remember these people are, like, we watch them on TV, but they, in this show, are, like, 19 years old. Right. And they're dealing with dangerous people, uh, dealing with a lot of excitement and a lot of, of, of worry and scaredness. And I think, yes, she did want to be involved, and she, but I think that doesn't mean she's immune from, like, the pressures of it all. And mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of getting to her. Um, she's just kind of struggling with it all. And you see that a lot, I think, with Effie. I think they're just kind of really showcasing... Um, I think it's just kind of character development because we've only seen her as like this smart ass kind of chick who's like seems to be always in control. And I think it just kind of give her a little bit more of the vulnerable side of her. So I I, I enjoyed Effie's performance in this episode. Um, and I'm actually starting to like the character more and more um, as we kind of move along, get to know a little bit more about her. I feel you. It's just that while I don't disagree that they're giving her character a little more depth this quick turnaround, like leading up to last week's episode and this week's episode, is like, I kind of would have appreciated it more if they kind of drew it out just a little bit. It was, you know, I don't disagree that she is showing like signs of the pressure, but like, from my perspective, it's just like, you were down last week and now you, you know, this is technically our first day of work for these guys and now you stressed and it's like i don't you know i don't falter for being stressed but it's also like you in it with us now i, I kind of would have liked them to maybe make a few moves and then like give her a little more like class scenes and then like really sell the stress you know, you know what, what I'm saying? saying? Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of felt like it's the first week of school, and at the last second, I picked up a part-time job. That's how it felt to me. Um, I decided to pick up this part-time job, and now, like, I have an attitude. That's how it felt. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. But, yeah, I mean, we, I just think we just got to see how it's going to play out with her. Because it's not like mm-hmm. she quit the game where she's like, I'm out. 
Right. She was just like, let you guys know this is not, you know, this is not a game. You guys are joking around a little too much. Uh, and nobody's doing this for fun. Nobody's doing this because they love being a drug dealer other than Braden. The rest mm-hmm. of them are all doing it for either uh, like a cane. That's all he's ever known. He has no other skill set. And then Braden and her for literal survival. Braden, uh, not Braden, um, Tariq. Uh, he's doing it until he can get enough money to get his family back together. His dad's real money. And Effie's doing it because she has nobody else. And she has she got to pay for college some kind of way. Even mm-hmm. though uh, I don't think being a drug dealer is the best way to do it. Right. Uh, but maybe this is all she knows too. So. It's just, I think it's just a lot of them. So we'll see how it plays out long term over the course of the series, though. I mean, the season. Yeah. So, so from there, we, we go, go back, back to the Tejada residence with a quick scene. There's no real concrete leads on Zeke's murder and Mecca. But uh, we, we get, get Lorenzo kind of lurking. Like, we need to, f- I need to figure this out because she's not going to stop. Granted, by not going to stop. I mean, I mean, she's, she's not, not going to stop bossing other people around to go, go do it. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, any Anything on that? No, I just didn't know McClain was heavily working for the Tejadas. Like, I didn't realize. Maybe I, I forget from something from last season where they kind of put him on the, on the payroll. But I know he, he's so heavily involved with them. He low-key. Well, remember, he was kind of helping Zeke with. Uh, oh, him get off. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, so that's, that's where that connection, connection started. started. Yeah. Okay, so I guess they're just keeping it going. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, th- I mean, this was a lot of Monet this season, just her being angry. Rightfully so, because her child is dead. Um, and and, and the rest of it is just Zoe always just like lurking. Like, he's yeah. never really involved in any of the conversations she's involved in. He's just like kind of in the, in the corner of the room. Um, so it just shows like their continued continue dysfunction. Um, and I think, you know, I don't know if he's guilty. Uh, cause I, I think he must feel some guilt because. Oh, like, yeah. You know, regardless of what they've been going through, I think Monet really is his love or whatever. Um, so I think the fact that she's going through so much, he does want to keep it off of him, but also he's 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 doesn't know how to deal with her grief, and she doesn't either. Clearly, she needs to see someone about it. But you know that ain't gonna happen. Yeah, good morning. Watching Judge Judy and Judge Mathis all day. Yeah, well, Young Jock on the episode. Say what? what? Young Jock was on the TV. That's, That's who was in the background? Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's crazy. crazy. Okay. okay. I got to go, go back and watch that. that. Okay. okay. So, so moving on from there, there we, we get, get a little, little quick, uh, little quick scene at the, the, the Weston, Weston firm where uh, Baby, Baby Weston, Weston, as he's been called, showing a little more eyes for Kiki, found in, probably found himself a way in. You can take that in however you want. Uh, anything on that before we move on? Uh, nah. It was, I mean, uh, it's it a later thing. Yeah. We can, uh, we can get on. We can get to it then. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the Tate HQ, Mr. Ott is back. And pretty much to deliver to the news that while, yes, we do have an arrangement to help you, uh, the guy that you're trying to overtake, he's kind of like, lock down a lot of the donors. Um, and Tate has an image problem, more so the fact that he he looks like a bachelor, um, which he is, uh, but realistically, with politics and the campaigns, you can't really move like a bachelor. It's not a good look. And uh, Tate feels that he is 
working on fixing that. that. Um, we also get the hint that his new intern, uh, Tariq, should be in route. Um, anything on that? No, I'm just surprised we said so much Tay. I thought like when it was turned out he wasn't with his own show that he was like not gonna be as heavily involved. Um at this point they just get that man his own show. Like he's constantly involved in this like they, they wanna keep him around because they, they they enjoy the character. So I'm just i I'm confused as to why he didn't just get that show that they that they kept talking about him getting. because um, I feel like his place is always a little bit off in this particular show. It is not um, most definitely. Yeah, so you know, his his campaign troubles compared to the main story, I think, is just kind of eating up, eating up scenery, and it would be better off if this was like a, pro- a political drama show as opposed to a drug dealing, you know, kind of shoot 'em up show. Uh, so I'm curious to see what they will ultimately do with Tate long term because just kind of shoehorning it, shoehorning it into Tariq's business every once in a while uh, is not really always vibing with me. Okay, fair, fair enough. enough. Um, I, don't I don't disagree. disagree. Uh, he, he definitely, definitely needs his, his own, own show. show. And who, who knows, knows, after this season, season hopefully they, they kind of phase him out, or at least make him like a once-a-season once character, reoccurring character. character. Uh, but, but time will tell. From there, we go, go to, to the, the classroom. classroom. You want to go into the scene? scene? Say what now? You want to go, go to the classroom scene? scene? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I don't recall anything about it. I got my notes, and I know they were talking about things. <laughs> Need versus greed. Right. The only thing I remember is like, um, why is Diana like struggling for book money? Like, I didn't <laughs> understand that part of it, other than to try to force her to be with the TA or having yeah. an apartment with the TA. Yeah. Because uh, he even made a point. It's like you got a, a Balenciaga book bag, and her. Why, I wouldn't believe that her father wouldn't give her book money. Right. Right. He, he would do all this other stuff to get her into the school, pay for her tuition and room and board, but he wouldn't give her. And I, uh, granted, school books was expensive. Yeah, uh, they probably even more. It was expensive when we was in college. I know they probably more much more expensive now, but the fact that I'm supposed to believe that they wouldn't give her book money just was stupid. And that was my biggest note from this particular thing. I know they had a whole discussion that I wasn't really paying attention to, and I got to do a better job of really if I'm gonna be a recapper of the transition all the scenes. All good. Even ones I don't that I don't necessarily find interesting. But that's what the biggest takeaway I got was like, why is this girl struggling for books? We were we were watching the episode. Under the, the sponsorship of Margaritas. So it's all good. Um, pretty much everything you said, because I was like, yes, this doesn't make sense that no one in that family had like some extra money to give that girl to get her books. Like, that makes no sense whatsoever. Um, the one thing that I did pick up from a discussion of me versus greed was I personally think this is going to play. As an over, like an overlying conflict between Brayden and Tariq. Because I feel like Brayden, Brayden's going to get greedy. And it's going to it's gonna be too much. Like Tariq and Effie are doing what they need to do. And Brayden is going to get greedy. Like even if they get to a point where they get out of this debt with Noma. I feel, I feel like, like Brayden is going to try to push something. something. And, and, and it's made evident with some of the moves he makes throughout this episode. Um, but, yeah, I I think that's going to be the long-running kind of theme for this season. Um, also, the, this TA, 
He's doing, doing a lot. We're going to see what happens, happens to him. him. Uh, speaking, speaking of Braden, Braden, <laughs> the <laughs> diabolical moves, plants the tiki torch on old boy to get him out of there. And we find out initially, well, not initially, excuse me. Uh, we find out as the episode goes on, this is actually a part of his personal plan to get Tariq into the internship spot. Uh, but he ends up with a consolation prize beforehand. Ladies, does this work? If, uh, if a guy you know gets somebody at your job fired, is that enough? Is, you know, is that enough to get the draws? Word to Tommy. Excuse me, Tommy Strong. Excuse me. Uh, what did you think of that scene? Yeah, see, it made me not even like mess with Kiki. Um, and <laughs> like, like, yeah. It just made yeah. me, and not that I think less of anybody that like hooks up with somebody for whatever reason, but I, I don't believe that a woman, especially a young black woman who already is struggling to be taken seriously in this workforce was sleep with him just for, because he put a tiki torch in some random kid's thing and got him fired. Um, so I, I, I just, I don't think in real life that will really happen. I think it was just a cheap way to like, uh, put them together. But, uh, um, it, it just, I, I was like, no, this is not cool. This does not make sense to me. Uh, I don't believe that, that this character would do this. Uh, so I, I wasn't feeling the scene. I mean, cool for the cool points of, you know, you know, to uh, attract the people getting together or whatever, but nah, I feel like it was too easy um, and, and I don't like it for Kiki. I think they just kind of like, I don't know how, I, 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 I can't forget to say it, not lessened her. I mean, but for they, lack of a better word, that's what I think they really did to her. Yeah, they they, they immediately ruined, ruined her character. character. Um, she, she didn't, it was, we were, were still trying to figure it out, out but in, in that, that, that that elevator, elevator ride to that empty conference room, room. they immediately turn her into this girl that just wants money. Mm-hmm. And if she, if he gives her money, she, she's down for whatever. So, so I was like, damn, like, I'm not saying that these people don't exist, but this was, this was almost just like, yeah, she was just lying in wait for a champion. And now she got him. So it was just like, before we had a chance to even get to know Kiki, they kind of ruined her character. Um, we'll see what happens. Because it, 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 she very plainly says, I wish I had your grandfather. Your, your name is on the building. You give me money and I can be what you want. Or it's just her, if there's going to be any character development, it's gonna need an overhaul. Yeah, I wish they did a bit uh, more right by her. But, yeah, uh, we'll see how it plays out. Maybe it'll be some long term plan. It'll be something cool. Uh, but so far, uh, I thought she was gonna be like a little badass kind of overachiever, kind of yeah. hard worker. And now they're like, oh, somebody do some weird basic nicety to her, which uh, even the whole thing was unnecessary because I don't think the dude was doing anything that was like. Even if they had set that up better, let's say the dude was like flat out disrespectful to her or blatantly trying to wrong her or something. All he was was a lazy white boy coasting on his family's name, which is the exact same thing Braden did. He didn't mm-hmm. even 
from my remember that little scene, do anything outrageous to her. So why would she even want him to get fired or even care that he got fired? And why would that be enough to spark this relationship? Immediately. Um, so, I, yeah, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, back at Tate HQ, Tate's going to Tate. And did he did three grimy on two levels. First of all, he gave away his internship spot. Now, while his his reasoning kind of made sense, Tariq is hot right now. Um, you got to be real careful with that. Everything that's attached to him. Granted, he was proven guilt. Uh, excuse me, proven in- innocent. The the court of public opinion is crazy. Side note, I didn't bring it up, but I don't know if you saw it. Did you did you see everything about this whole? Jonathan Majors thing? In real life? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I saw that, that, that headline, I want to say, while we were watching the episode. And I was like, well, I'm not going to bring it up, but it's, it's a wild situation. And then, 24 hours later, he pretty much gets cleared on everything. There's evidence and everything. In between that 24 hours, he was canceled... And thrown through the mud ten times fold in a in barely a twenty four hour span, and that's real life. So, yeah, Tariq, he's got a lot to do in regards to repairing his public image. Um, and Bruchandria is now the new intern. How did you feel about that scene? Uh, I don't say the same thing. <laughs> oh, I don't know how, I'm what's sorry. the connection between these right. two? I, 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 I totally forgot. forgot. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Um, that, that was, was the, the first uh, grinding thing he did to him. The second grinding thing is he he let him walk all the way to his headquarters, knowing this kid ain't got no car, and then told him that boy got a cell phone. You know he don't got a car. You know he he Ubers and take buses and trains. You could have told that kid while he was still on campus that he gave away his internship. You let that dude come all the way over there just to turn him away within five minutes of him arriving. I'd have been pissed if I was Tariq. Well, I, well Tariq was pissed, but I'd have, I'd have flipped some shit over before I left. Sorry. Uh, yeah, true. I mean, like, he could have, but, yeah, that's, that's just kind of the nature of Tate. I don't see Tate doing anything extraordinary. Probably forgot that he gave the boy an internship and was just waiting for him to show up. Probably forgot he was coming. Um, and you already see, you know something probably we're going to have with Versandria too and Tate. Tate ain't going to have her around for no reason other than, I don't know why she's there. <laughs> uh, they didn't really explain why she was a better candidate um, or why they kind of put her in that spot. Uh, but I, I got something, I feel like something weird is going to happen between her and Tate at some point. Just because how Tate... Uh, taste nature is, uh, but yeah, it was effed up on Tariq's part. We know that ultimately, uh, later on, it was part of a bigger plan. Um, but yeah, it was messed up. He could have he could have told the boy before he came to work. He he does have a problem getting around, and that is the big funny thing I saw online. Is Tariq gonna ever get a car? <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Hopefully, All right. Uh, there's a reason Bruchandria got the internship, and it comes up later. Right, so, meanwhile, at the Tejada house, Lorenzo being super standoffish with Kane is going to eventually bite him in the ass. 
which it, it, it does later on in the episode, but at the time I'm watching it, I was just like, this dude is doing everything in his power to not even try to work with Kane. Like, he's trying to keep Kane back in that, that soldier role. You are a mindless soldier, and that's it. Like, you don't give orders. You don't... You may be in this position that you're in, but you don't deserve it, and you don't get to talk to me like we're equal. Um... And Kane just wants to, he just wants to work. He just wants to work, and he wants to progress forward. He also wants to throw Drew under the bus. <laughs> because, I mean, it just seemed like the right time. Uh, how did you feel about that? He keeps snitching on his brother. Uh, like, over and over, like, throughout this episode, he keeps trying to get his brother in trouble with his family. Uh, and, and I get it, because that's what Tahadas do to their kids. They play them against each other all the time. They always had them fighting for their parents' approval and favor. Um, so I, I'm not surprised that, that Kane would throw Drew under the bus. And I'm also not surprised that Lorenzo was so cold to Kane because we got to remember, last season, Kane did betray his entire family. True. Like he sold a connect. Um, he was working for like the enemy. Uh, he, he sold them back their own product after stealing it from him. Uh, so I will be a little bit hesitant to trust my son as well. Um, even though everything he did was to try to get itself back in the family's good graces uh, because they kept putting them out for like him being who they made him. Um, so it's a little weird, um, but yeah, I, I'm not shocked with the, the, the um, treatment and, and it made the turn of events that happens later in the episode. We'll get to when we get to that scene more satisfying though. Yeah, for sure. sure. Um, so, so while this is going, going on, on and while sometime over what, what? Uh, end, end of the semester, semester slash summer vacation, vacation. Everett, Everett entered the draft, draft and got picked up by OKC. Good for him. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, he's the smallest pro basketball player in the history of the world. Like, he doesn't look like he could be a pro NBA player at all. He's tiny. He looks about him and him and Drew look about the same size. And neither one of my big guys. Um, and, you know, NBA, you got to be big. And I just don't buy him as a basketball player. Um, and I also don't buy this, this um, like, it must be hell to be, like, closeted mm -hmm. um, and not be able to live your true life. But even worse when you have a partner and one of them is clear and open and, and, and free to express who they are, but you, as the person who's closeted, is kind of forcing them to kind of stay in the shadows. You can't recognize them. You can't um, express your relationship openly. And I feel like that that has to be like difficult. And I understand why he can't do it, um, but it, it's just not fair to eat the party. It's not, especially, it's not fair to um, Drew. It's not fair to ever has to be uh, uh, closeted. But it's also not fair to, for him to push that onto Drew. Um, and I think that's a lot of this anguish between him and Drew. It's like Drew wants to be supportive and wants to love his, his man. And his man also wants to be loved and wants to love him back. But he does he can't do it openly. Uh, so this is, I, I, I don't, and you see that it doesn't really work out for them long term. Um, but this was, that, that's all I got out of this, this, this particular scene. Just that has to be a difficult struggle. Uh, anybody that has to do that in real life, you know, you know more power to them because that that's that's tough. 
Yeah, uh, I, I could only imagine. imagine. I could definitely, definitely imagine. imagine. As, as far as him getting signed, I mean, people get signed and end up in the G League all the time. So maybe it's one of those scenarios. But I just looked at it as realistically, they got to get Everett off the show. There's no real place for him aside from pretty much just having Drew living in, in anguish and torment for literally the reasons you just stated. So, Zeke's dead, Everett gets his dream, um, and the way it kind of plays out later, it's like you get a clean break for Everett. Um, and plus, realistically, I'm sure even if Drew was living a normal life, Everett still would have had the conflict of being an openly gay man in the NBA. Um, which, in, in real time, I don't know how close we are to that. Um, because people had a lot of comments and dialogue. I don't even going to say dialogue, but like things to say and uh, just cracking jokes on people who weren't gay, who just appeared to be, like, and not even appear, but just people who they tried to label. And so to actually be gay and out, when that day comes, it's going to be an interesting day in the NBA because there's going to be there's going to be some loudmouth homophobe who says the classic dumb stuff of, I don't want to be in the same shower, just something stupid. And... It's just like that hump that we have to get over at some point. Um, but who knows? One day we shall see. Uh, from there, we get a quick reminder that Uncle Frank was killed. Uh, I forgot who his wife was. Uh, well, her name on the show, I should say. But uh, she stops by and uh, pretty much offers her condolences to Monet for Zeke. And Monet, Monet just being she 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 has every right to mourn and go through her feelings, but she's also using it as an excuse to be a bit of an ass to people. And it's like, I don't know why you're gonna be mean to this lady when you know damn well you killed Oh wait, or did Kane do that? Either way, she had him killed. She had Uncle Frank killed. And I'm just like Uncalled for, just uncalled for. Um, but she didn't get, she didn't get like pleasant until she found out that there was a, a detective looking into it. Um, how did you feel about that? And uh, why don't you go into the dorm room scene where uh, where Braden talks about trying to get to read that internship? I mean, yeah, I mean, Monday was never all that nice to begin with, so it's not like she's she's just like over the top rude. Um, but yeah, it was cool that she kind of perked up when she learned about this Whitman guy and everything that's involved with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not shocked. Monet ain't never been no nice person. So her treating Frank's wife bad, not surprising at all. Um, and then as far as the next thing, like, this was just like more calculating, uh, hold on, sorry. It's like more calculating when it came to like the actual fact that when we figure out the long-term plan, this scene mm. makes it much better. So it's hard to kind of watch it in the moment. Because the moment's like, what is he talking about? 
Why would his family ever want Tariq and Neil? Why would Tariq even really want this internship? Why would he want to be caught up in that mix um, when he especially was just accused of getting in type of some trouble and now he's like aligned himself deeply more with Braden, who is admitted, like I said, several times they admitted to being a drug dealer in court. Uh, but when we see the final result of how this all played out, Braden may, super be, may secretly be the biggest mastermind of them all. He really played his parts well in this entire scene. I mean, this entire episode. He really set a lot of things in motion that end up all playing out well. Uh, so, bravo to Brayton when it came to that. You got any uh, quick thoughts on it? Nah. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty much, much the same. same. And in, in the, the moment, moment, I was, I was just, just like, like, on the one hand, I knew that Brayton really wants to, to sell through the, through the, uh, through the firm. But he also seemed like pretty genuine. Like, like, hey, man, that's messed up about your internship. Like, I can see about getting you on with us, um, especially since we just had a guy get kicked out, uh, <laughs> leaving out my part in it and the fact that I got laid off of it. But, yeah, as you said, it, it, he is a bit of a, a little mastermind himself. Uh, but from there, we get a we get a quick Kane interrogation scene where he's trying to get answers for Zeke's murder. Um, it, I, don't I don't really feel, feel like, like is, is there, there a lot, lot to discuss, discuss in there? Do you feel? Nah, that fire just looks fake as I don't know what. I um, mean, other than that, like, I mean, he, he basically tortured two dudes into getting what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it, it, it was a cool scene in the sense that, uh, he, he was being smart. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, he saw this murder basically in two weeks when the rest of them had been struggling for months to get any kind of evidence at all. So, shout out for Kane uh, for doing his job. Um, that fire was just looking weird when he, I mean, you can tell it was so fake and I get it. This ain't, this ain't a blockbuster movie, mm. but they could have did a better job or found some other way to torture them that didn't look as bad as that fire did. It, I think they thought it would be a lot cooler than it was. You strapped to a chair. chair. Yeah. yeah. Someone Both pulls out, you, someone, someone pulls out a blowtorch and asks, asks you to, to give up the group, group chat. chat. How, How many, many fingers, fingers do you lose? lose? Oh, it's in real life that somebody did to me? Oh, I was tell y'all out in the heart. I don't think he lies. They don't even got to tell me that to the chair. I'm just giving y'all the group me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about to be tortured yeah. to, to protect, so, yeah. protect a bunch of uh, us posting drink pictures. Pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> oh, man. But, but uh, we, get we get the first day of the internship. Goes about as well as you'd expect. Pops is pissed. But my favorite part of that scene was that uh, Uncle, Uncle Luke, Luke, he don't care. He, he, does, he does not care about his dad being mad, but he's also a... He capitalizes the way white people do. Diversity, uh, and maybe we can spin this into something good. Um, anything on that scene? Nah, I, I think it was funny when they talked about inclusive and diversity. Because um, that is like a hot-button issue. And it does lead to situations like this where they literally don't really care about this input of this kid or what he brings to the table other than the fact that he checks a box. Uh, box. He's a young black guy and they hired him and it looks good. Even though they literally have no plan to really help him develop in any type of like role in that to job. He's just there because he's black. Um, so at least the, the uncle was honest about it. And it's helping Tariq long term. So. Yeah. So, so from there, there we, we get, get 
Effie whipping it. Getting these, these bricks prepared for each ivy. But we see she has one set aside for Stansfield that's supposed to be off limits. So it looks like she set herself up with a little side hustle over here. Anything on that? Yeah, I mean, look like she was just cutting dope. Um, and like I said, she she's plotting. Effie, Effie ain't no fool. I think she'll always have her own best interests at heart. And I think she cares about Tariq um, and even Brayton in their little trio. But I think end of the day, if push comes to shove, Effie going to only look out for herself. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like she always going to be a, um, a go-getter. And if she can get a little bit ahead, she's going to do it. And we'll see what the long-term plan is for that Stansfield brick. But she ain't taking no, she ain't cutting no corners, and she ain't taking no shorts. She gonna look out for Effie if nothing else. We've seen her do it multiple times, and I think it's just a continuation of that. Indeed, indeed. So, so again, my next, next note, note this is TA. Uh, this, this is pretty is much the scene you spoke of earlier, earlier. Uh, as, as far as, as him making note that she can afford these expensive clothes and bags, but can't can't afford her own books. Um, you know, really not, not much to discuss there, there unless you've uh, got something extra. No, no, I mean, it's just a, a, a way to force this TA more involved in Diana. Um, and I'm just curious, is like, what's the end game with this? Is it gonna be another Jabari situation? Uh, where he sees something he shouldn't see because he's involving himself as a Sahara and he catches a bullet, or or how are they gonna ultimately play this out? Um, but that's all it was. It was just a quick way of just kind of forcing her to get more involved with him. Um, because in real life, she wouldn't be, she wouldn't be borrowing no books. I'm sorry. We, we, right. We're not going to believe that her parents aren't going to give her money for books after they gave her probably $60,000 to go to this college. So it's silly. Yeah. But I hope it plays well. Let's, let's hope. hope. I got, I got a, a feeling they kind of, they kind of make him her Dwayne Lane where she, she starts to get a taste of the, the regular life. And this, you know, this educated black guy. And maybe she wants to distance herself from the family. And, you know, have a normal life. Well, we know that. And she's oh, yeah. the only one that's not involved in drugs anymore. Yeah. Like, she's not but, involved in any of Kane's, Dylan's. You see Drew is still heavily involved in family business. But mm-hmm. she really has seen that transition to be solely just a student. And just kind of out of the mess of her family's messiness so um i mean other than the fact that the mother's mad at her but the rest of it she doesn't appear to be involved in their illegal activities anymore um so maybe she is settling into a regular life and that'd be good for her because that's all she really wanted indeed so So we we get detective Detective dickman Dickman, pressing monet going going full on on, i'm not even gonna say blocker who was who who was in in original power there was that one police officer that was just tormenting them. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, Dickman just throwing everything on the card. Like pretty much telling her, like, I know everything. I know you were involved with uh, Ramirez, uh, Casillo. Carrie's apartment. They got you on camera. We got you on camera. And for good measure, I'm going to be a, even more of a dick and actually break your... Your uh, mirror for no reason. For, for no, no real reason. reason. So yeah, this just uh, more putting him on on Monday's radar and just antagonizing her. Uh, that was kind of the whole point of this scene. Um, 
And I don't, I'm just curious how much Monet is going to take. Because we know she has a very short fuse. And I don't see her being bullied by Whitman, or what you call him, Officer Dickman, mm-hmm. uh, very long. So, um, I mean, that, that's, uh, that's what the scene was. Just to make him out to be a bigger dick and showcase that, uh, you know, he got a hard on for the Tahada family and Monet and all of them in general. And you'll see later on, like, he, he really puts a bulls on her back when it comes to that task force they're trying to set up. Yeah. Uh, we'll get a little quick scene back at McLean's firm where he wants Sachs pretty much on the case of, like, why is Dickman messing around with Monet? Uh, which then puts a bullseye to Sullivan because now she's like, well, how do they know? And, yeah. So from there we go back to... To, to the, the Western, Western firm, firm. and Braden making moves. moves. Like, like he, on, on the, the surface, is really about this internship and, and not doing drugs there. there. But, but he's he's, he's showing he's showing his chess plan, plan. And, and he, he sets, sets up the moves that puts Tariq in the position where it's just like, like yeah, yeah, this is too good to pass up. It's entirely too good to pass up. All right. Uh, any, any thoughts, thoughts on that? that? Because, because from this point, point he's, he's in. Right. Like, like he's, he's, he's oh, like, I had no idea that you was rolling like this. Right. I mean, Let's get openly it. doing cocaine in the middle of the conference rooms. They don't seem to care about anything. Um, so you know, they definitely make cocaine look fun on TV. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> it's not for me, but they make it look fun. Oh gosh. Um, and it was like, dang, I should have been in Wall Street because Man. you can't do that type of stuff in any job I've ever had. But apparently on Wall Street, if you make enough money, you could just be in the middle of a conference from snorting cocaine off the desk. And nobody seems to care or play yeah. you pretty much any mind at all. And, and then it goes straight, straight to a strip club, club and yeah. do more cocaine. Middle of the day. With, with, with boobs. Mm-hmm. Kiki, Kiki was in there, there taking shots. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, right. I mean, but this is like all set up about Braden. He got him in there because... Uh, Tariq, uh, you know, it, it didn't take much. At the beginning of this episode, they were adamant, like, no, you messy, you're too hot, we ain't gonna be dealing with your Wall Street people. And over the course of maybe a week time, uh, Tariq is all in. It's time to set the game in motion. And Wall Street, the Wall Street boys are gonna be our number one, you know, one of our number one top customers. It's but there is wild. some competition. Yeah. Uh, uh, what they, they call an the American, American Ninja Warrior. Warrior. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, just, just a little, little bit too intense personal trainer. trainer. He's, He's going to be an issue. Uh, but bring Mr. Mastermind of the episode. He's he's got he's got an idea, but they don't need came for that. So from there, oh boy, poor Drew gets sucker punch in the middle of the street. Smacked up, and then they go straight up NWO on him and spray <laughs> spray paint GTG on his back. Crazy. One punch is bad. That is funny. I forgot about uh, uh, late 90s wrestling. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> they used to bring spray paint people all the time. Dude just pulls a spray can out of his pocket, shakes it up a few times, and just tags, tags Drew. Yeah, I was, I was like, like, damn. Yeah, but Drew need to watch himself. He got knocked out way too easily. That, that was he with one punch and he was unconscious. I was like, damn, Drew. 
I, I mean, get it together. Successful, successful sucker, sucker punch. punch. I mean, that's rough. I mean, ended up just sending a message. Basically, um, we don't know who this guy. Um, we we learn uh, his involvement later, but basically, he's trying to get revenge on GCD, a G for GCG because basically Tahadas took them all out last season. Right. Um, and that was his sending his message. Uh, he probably should have minded his business. Yep. So, from there, I mean, more dysfunction at the Tejada house. They want them, they want this wrapped up. Um, and Kane, being even more of a dick, tells uh, Lorenzo, like, I told you he won't ready, which is messed up. You just seen brother come and beat up. With you, you know, know spray, spray paint on his back, yeah, and that's, that's what you that's what you are. Uh, so, so Lorenzo puts, puts the order in, find out who did this, and find out who kills it. Right. Um, anything on that? Nah, I mean it just kind of set up the, what happened later in the episode. Um, but yeah, I mean Kane was very insensitive to his brother. But like yeah. I said, that's all the parents. That's them putting against, putting them two against each other, especially the father. Um, and hopefully, I, I would hope the brothers would. Not let that happen, you know. Let their bond be stronger than anything that their parents are doing to them or trying to manipulate into them. Uh, but Kane does not appear to be his brother's keepers right now, at least. But you know, yeah. they fought before, and they yeah, also sure. obviously end up having each other's back. Yeah. So, so from there, we get another little scene back at the. Uh, I guess Diana's gonna, gonna be working at the bookstore, um, which, which I'm not sure if it's like necessarily the bookstore. Or, or just, just like, like little, little campus, campus shop. shop. Right. Um, That's what the side note. That, that Skittles thing, I feel I like, like it's true. true. No, Skittles definitely have different flavors. They're not all the same flavor. I don't, I don't know, know, man. She even said it. I mean, she did it. She's like, no, it's Cap. You've mm-hmm. had Skittles before. You know that you think they're all the same flavor? I don't I don't, I don't eat them one by one. one. I, just I just know that, that they're sweet. sweet. You, you eat Skittles like in a bunch? Like two or three at a time. Nah, I always eat Skittles. Well, maybe I definitely know the different places. I, I never eat Skittles. Um, I eat Skittles in a. Uh, if I eat more than one, it's all the same flavor. I actually eat Skittles in an order. Like I eat them in my my preference from my least favorite Skittle up to my favorite. Hmm. So I never eat like a red and a yellow together. Uh, it's always like first green, uh, then purple and orange, depending on how I feel. Some days I like purple a little less. Something like orange, then it's yellow, and I always end with red. But I never eat, I never mix and match. So they are definitely different flavors. They don't all taste the same. Two Two or three at a time. time. So So, this this was pretty pretty much much just a setup for Diana's going to have a little job. This TA likes her. But also, she still got feelings for Tariq. There it is. Because you see her like peeking out the little shadow as. Him, him and Effie are, you know, laughing it up and joking and buying each other little coffees or whatever candy they buy. Um, so I think that was that was the big, I mean, one, it was kind of setting up her further continuation, this, her and the CA story. Uh, but the bigger part of that scene was um, showing her still clearly having feelings for Tariq and being a little bit jealous that he's kicking him with Effie now. Right. So, big, big reveal. reveal. Yeah, uh, Brady was was on some mastermind stuff. We find that he paid off Tate 
to get Tariq out of there. Ultimately, to to get him closer to the firm. Right. But also, as grimy as it was, shout out to him for thinking of Bruce Chandra. Like, because he put her in a, you know, he he put her in a position to to come up. Because even though Tate's, uh, did he put her in a position? Now that, now that I'm saying it out loud, Tate is so grimy. Like I hope. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I obviously that's not Braden's intention, but grand scheme, I thought it was cool that he he at least looked out for Bruchandra to a degree. No, I spaced that part. I don't even remember him saying that. Yeah, all I remember yeah. revealed that he 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 set up uh, Tariq not to get the internship, but I didn't realize he. I must have wasn't paying attention. Like yeah, said, he not, he pretty much, much paid him to swap, swap in Bruchandra. Okay, and well, Tariq Tariq shout out to Brayton. Yeah. Helping a black woman. Second time this episode helping a black woman. Right. Him. But, yeah, yeah this, this was, was I was like, like okay. okay. And I, I never, never thought, thought Brayden was dumb. But, this, that level, that was some ghost type shit. shit. Not to say Tariq hasn't been making a couple of ghost moves here and there. But, I would have, I would have thought Brayden would have been on something a little more Something a little more like easy to fumble, but he, he actually pulled that off by knowing that Tate could easily be bought because Tate's always going to go to the highest bidder. Um, and just waiting for each piece to fall and getting to reek in position and then just helping him find the way. I thought that was brilliant on Braden's part, so uh. Stats, stats of the episode, episode. Braden was, was on top. top. Anything mm-hmm. else on that, that one in particular? particular? No, no. It's a cool move by Braden. Okay. So, so from, from there, there, we get a little quick scene where they, Blanca and, and Sullivan, pretty, pretty much, much try to put, put the squeeze on uh, Whitman. Like, like, you need to chill out and get out of our investigation because you're holding up stuff. And he connects the dots that they need to get their task force. But now he's also in. Um, so, so now, now this is our our trio, trio for justice. justice. Right. Um, any, any thoughts, thoughts on that? that? No, I mean it just made it made sense. Like they were so heavily focused on a nineteen year old kid being like the 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 underground kingpin. Um, like why were they just ignoring the Sahara's? And I, I, I gotta believe that Monet ain't been in the game as long as her and her family been in the game. Had her son, not her son, her husband go up on Rico charges, and ne- her never to be like looked at. As a possible person. So he just connected the dots for them. Um, and we'll see how it turns out long term. As we know, over the course of now, what, nine seasons of power, the government never gets the, the, their St. Patrick. Nope. Um, but we'll see if this this test force has a little bit better record. But we know ASU Valdez and uh, Sachs and all the other many people who went through that sand- was Sandoval one of them? Wow, who's yeah. Sandoval? All I mean, he was bought. Did it. Yeah, he, he was, was bought. bought. So we'll right. see if, if they can do a little bit better job. But, you know, I think it was just a, a way to keep Whitman around. They always got to have some dick white boy on this yeah. show. Oh, yeah. And Sax has been less of a dick white boy, so they got to find a new uh, a new one on the, on the side of, you know, good. Boy, did they have boy, one in Dickman. Yeah. Oh, man. So, from there, we get a little, a real quick Kane being our action guy. Right. And I think Kane is going to be our our Tommy slash ghost of the series. 
because he's the one out there getting dirty. Uh, grabs the dude after killing two others. I don't want to think about what Kane's body count is at these days because he's been taking out many a goon. Um, nameless thug. Uh, but we get what we what we pretty much spoke on earlier. Um, Everett's exit, where I was just like, this, it sucks for Drew, but realistically, Everett can't be connected to Drew um, just because of the lifestyle. And by lifestyle, not his sexual orientation. But Drew is getting jumped in the street on random Wednesday evenings. You know what I'm saying? So who would want to be involved in a lifestyle like that? Right. Who want to be involved with a partner who is clearly involved with some shenanigans, constantly secretive, constantly holding things away from me, and not being open with me? Um, and then in and, and the reverse, I don't understand why Ever was so upset. Okay, Drew didn't show up to your little party, but even if he had showed up, you wouldn't have acknowledged him. It wasn't like you would have been in there holding his hand or you know kissing him or, or, or being open with him. So Ever needs to go his own separate way. Drew needs to go their own separate way. And we probably don't need to see Everett ever again. I don't think there's a reason for him to be back in the show. Um, but I think this is a way just to kind of write him out without him just being gone. Right. But yeah. I think they could have did that over the, the course of the summer. He, mm. Drew could have been just like, hey, uh, just, you know, any kind of little slide comment. Yeah, Everett got drafted to the NBA. That could have been Zeke. And, and called it a day. Um, but I, I guess it's just the, the closure to this relationship. Yeah. So... Poor Drew, heartbroken, and angry. What's the perfect way to work on that anger, get that stress out? Some murder. Uh, <laughs> I kind of felt bad for Jim, bro. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. He, he's involved in drug dealing, but he's not no street violent criminal. He's just no. a, a guy who has some uh, connected some drugs and selling it uh, to rich uh, Wall Street bros and white boys and uh, well, race is irrelevant, but just rich Wall Street people, Wall Street douchebags. Yeah. Um, so I feel like they could have, they didn't have to push the man under a truck. They could have found another way to get him out of the game. They could have even just scared him out of the game. Right. Um, so or possibly, possibly got on, got him on the team. You know what I'm saying? He was the plug. You could have gotten more product, yeah. you know, to have on the side. Well, they got yeah. a lot of product already to move. They got a giant warehouse full of it. Um, but yeah, I felt bad for poor Jim, bro. It's like he, did he really, like, we didn't get to know him. We didn't get to really know him as no jerk. Sure, he was like a little douchey in the fact that he was just like a gym bro. Uh, but did that mean he deserved to die and we should be happy that his death came? Nah. They just killed that man for no reason. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Dude, Dude was, was out of it. He just had to work out with Tariq. Which, again, they grimy. Working out with a dude, knowing you're about to set him up to die. Yeah. I said... They are more and more psychotic and sociopaths yeah. as this show goes on. Oh, yeah. Because they care about nobody. Like, like go, go ahead, go ahead. ahead. I, I feel like at one point, Tariq was like, okay, Tariq was killing people, but he was killing people. And I, guess, I think it really started with his father's death because he really killed his father for real, no, for no real reason. Nope. And since then, he's just been like reckless with like, he just don't care about human life. And it's sad for that guy. Uh, but poor Jim guy, uh, we, we lost you too soon. Don't even know your name. But I think we could have we could have got, got a couple of laughs out of him. You know what I'm saying? He could have died the next episode. Yeah. But yeah, we could have got a couple little, you know, stupid comments and remarks out of him. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Like they're 
even towards the end, to a certain degree, with certain certain situations, even ghosts like tried to like find other ways than killing people. Like he tried to pay off Keisha. Uh, there were other people that he just like he tried to let them go. He's like, okay, he take this money and run. These guys, these kids, is like in their teens, setting up people for straight up murder. Like that wasn't even humane. Like he had that man. Well, I don't know. He that could have been that could have been strictly Drew. He, they probably could have just told him like, just get rid of him. And Drew, heartbroken, was just like, yeah, this looks like the perfect time, and just pushed him in front of the bus. Um, anything on that before we move on? There? No, that's it. All right. So <laughs> we find out Lorenzo has set up this GTG guy because even I'm glad that they they addressed that at the kitchen table. That's like how did how this random dude who's claimed to be coming back from vacation know that I was the one that killed uh, Lo Kwa. Right. Um, and, you know, he knew exactly who was involved. Um, but doesn't matter. They they have everything they need on him. Uh, his Zeke's championship ring happens to be on him. Uh, and that's all, that's all Monet needs. And that, as far as as far as Monet's concerned, that loose end is has been clipped. Right. Uh, I'm curious to see how, how she'll be acting now that she believes she's gotten the revenge that she was seeking. Like, right. will that change her mindset? Will she want to be more involved in what they are doing as far as moving the product? Will she want to get back her her, her role as like the leader of the group? Or you know, what, how how's her move going to change now that she has gotten the revenge that she was seeking so bad? Right. So I'm really interested in that. Will she finally going to turn off the the divorce court, right? You know. So, so in between there, we get a real quick scene. Uh, Sax is back on his his late night maneuvers and connects the dots between Davis and Monet with the burn phone. Yeah. So we get one more big scene. Why don't you talk about Kane's realization and his now his rise to power? Right. So this is the big thing that kind of like wrapped the episode up in a nice little bow. Uh, the father was still talking reckless, getting kind of tough. And then Kane pulls his trump card out. Uh, he pulled out the big joke like, bro, I know it was you. And, and Lorenzo tried his best to try to deflect and try to say, man, what you talking about? He's like, man, I ain't no fool. I ain't no dummy. You killed Zeke. I know you did it. Now what you going to do for me not to tell Monet? Um, and, 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 and now, right now, um, little, little, the son is in a position of power over his father. He finally has the one up over his dad, and he's basically making his dad his bitch moving forward. Now, how long that dynamic is going to play out? Is that manageable long term? Um, I don't know, but it was good to see Kane not just being the 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 guy you know the the guy that's quick to shoot and quick to be angry and quick to hurt somebody that we've seen him, but he played his mastermind games too. And maybe he is showing that he should be in charge or he could be in charge of the organization. Um, so, he, 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 for right now, he got the up on Lorenzo. Uh, we'll see where it goes from there. What would you think of it? I thought it was great. Um, it, not just the way it played out, but also the fact that Lorenzo was genuine. 
He was like, he he would never do that on purpose. You know, it was, it was a horrible accident. You know, he would never hurt Monet like that. Like, he obviously was pissed about the whole development, but, like, he would never do that on purpose. Um, but this, this perfectly works out in Kane's favor. And like you said, this, this was the moment that he needed. Like, you've been telling me that I've not been ready for the throne, and you ain't been ready for me. That's what this is about. Like, my time has finally come. And I might not be on the throne in presentation, but you know who runs you. So now it's it's the game of cat and mouse of how Lorenzo is going to shift the scales. Because, one, he's already being forced to move that weight for Noah. Uh, which, smart move on Kane's part. Take care of business first. You know, so this crazy lady doesn't come and kill us all. But you know, because Kane is Kane is petty. Kane's gonna he's gonna he's gonna flex that power just to mess with Lorenzo. So now it's just like how long before Lorenzo is like, okay, I either need to find something that's gonna put me in that position, or Kane gotta go. And that's where the episode wraps. Final thoughts on this episode overall. No, it was a strong episode to me. I think a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff happened, a lot of shenanigans, a lot of uh, manipulation and master master planning. Um, but I, I think it was strong. There was a couple of things I didn't like, a lot of the kiki stuff. But for the rest of it, I enjoyed the plotting and, and the um, the engagement. So I liked it. If I had to give it a grade, I'd give it a solid B+. Plus. I got Not a, quite A, but a solid yeah. B+. Plus. I'm, I'm, I'm right, right there, there with, the, with, the, with a high B. B. Um, again, the Kiki stuff, like, you had potential to, to have a really interesting character. I'm not interested in her anymore. Um, she just seems like kind of a schemer who does the 9 to 5, but behind closed doors, she's shady and willing to do whatever to move up, but not in a, like, hustler kind of way, but like in a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just use my body kind of way, which I guess you could say that's a hustler's way in some sense. You guys can argue over that. But I'm not saying she needed to be a saint, but like, I feel like they could have done it better. Who knows? Maybe we'll get more. Or they might just do what they usually do with characters on power and just randomly kill them. Uh, but we shall see. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what, what happens with Kane. Kane and his rise to power. We we kind of know how the drug trade through the Western firm is gonna go. It's just gonna be the the cat and mouse game, which I I ultimately think is just gonna lead to the uncle just going like, all right, I know what y'all doing. I want it. Um, oh, there was one other quick scene that I, I missed, but I did take a note of, and it was it was Effie. Looking like she was about to hit the do-over and do her version, of course, correct. Um, which, while I'm glad she went ahead and, and canceled at the last second, because obviously you're not going to be able to pull off the same scam twice. Um, 
And even if he did, the, Tariq would be the main suspect immediately. Uh, but, but more so, I'm really curious as to how she's going to do this, this, this solo mission thing that seems to be brewing up. Any thoughts on that? Nah, like I said, we don't know what she's ultimately going to do, but it'll play out over this, of course. But like I said, she's always plotting. She always got some scheme going. Um, so we'll we'll have to just keep an eye on Effie to see how committed she is to this undertaking and how quickly she'll jump ship and do her own thing if shit go for, if shit goes south with the main trio. Indeed, indeed. So that's, that's going to do, do it for us. us. You guys know where to find us. You can find this episode as well as all others of the Power Posting Report, even when we're talking about uh, Force, which who knows when that's coming back, but be sure to go back and check those episodes out when you're getting ready for that return under the PLP podcast or just search the Power Posting Report. You can find me at OFFTHA Clock Podcast. Pretty much everywhere. I, of course, want to have your host, Triple D, and he is. This is Carlos D. And we'll see you guys next time.